0: Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of The Dairy Edge. Chagas are running a weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also being made available as a podcast. On this week's webinar, Stuart Childs discusses when you should spread early spring nitrogen. This morning I'm going to talk a little bit, um, and we've talked about it a couple of weeks ago, um, just prior to Christmas as well, because obviously it was a concern um, but I suppose the just the, the use of nitrogen, obviously, is very much in the media in relation to um, in environmental elements of it in particular, I suppose. But obviously, given that there's been a 250 to 300 percent increase in the price of fertilizer uh, since this time last year, there's obviously major concerns about the timing of the application of fertilizer. And I suppose... looking at the media there in the last few days there's a lot of question marks about people some people have gone already with nitrogen and they're perfectly entitled to do that because obviously regulation allows them um and then there are other people suggesting that this shouldn't be applied at all until way out into the growing season and i suppose today i'm just going to look at a few bits and pieces of information going back to a slide that i would have shown you in advance of the um of of, the, of Christmas in relation to response and just want to clarify a few issues around that, maybe or a few concerns that we have around that. So um, I'll just share a few slides with you here and I'm going to talk through it. Um, spring nitrogen, sp- specifically talking about the chemical nitrogen here more so than the slurry. The slurry, as like the, the issue I suppose, is that the slurry is, the deadline is lifted for the vast majority of the country now with the exception of the 20-week storage period areas, which will be coming on, Uh, On uh, from next Tuesday, and they will be allowed to spread. Um, We have had slurry available to spread in the south of the country predominantly, I suppose, since the 12th, sorry, the 13th of January. Um, So uh, there is a nice bit of slurry gone out, fantastic conditions for it, uh, and fully justified to apply that. And obviously, uh, when I talk about this it's maybe seen a little bit as well we need to be smart with using that as well obviously of course and I've spoken a couple of weeks ago as well in relation to the buffer zones and how they're very important from the environmental element of that early application of slurry and uh, there's no doubt about it that we are we will get growth from that uh, application but it's obviously we don't want to get that growth at the expense of anything in terms of the environmental side of, of the house either okay. So as I said, I showed you this slide before um, for Christmas, I've modified it slightly in that I've taken out the can because um, the can is off the radar altogether in terms of the price associated with it. And from that, and as well, from an, from an environmental point of view, urea is the product, protected urea, or urea would be the product of choice at this time of year because of the way uh, urea works, it's negatively charged. So it attaches to the soil um, structure better than can, which is uh, positively cherished and doesn't stick to the soil. So we'll be more at risk of overland flow or leaching from the soil, whereas nitri- or nitrogen in the form of urea will bind to the soil and it's a much safer product to use. So I suppose, why am I showing you this again? I suppose I would have told you that there was a requirement to, to, to get a break-even response to fertiliser, uh, and it's, I suppose this should actually say the value of spring grass, but and you'll have any of you that tuned into the webinar with Joe Dunphy and Michal O'Leary and John Douglas last week will have seen that they are, they were putting a value on spring grass of 17 cents a kilo um, given that fertilizer price is where it is for the silage replacement cost as well as the cost of, of uh, concentrates gone to where they are gone to. So the value of grass uh, is actually higher than, than that. So I suppose you could argue that the return rate Will be slightly lower given at that. Like so, you can see that um, we are talking about somewhere in around nine fifty to thousand euros a ton for fertilizer, uh, and in order to get that break even response point, we have to be somewhere in between probably ten to fifteen kg's, depending on how well you you uh, make your purchases. So I suppose the, thing, the reason I'm showing this slide here again is we're actually talking about a response here as opposed to a growth rate. So explain the difference, you may say. So when we apply nitrogen, we'll get uh, an increase in growth from applying nitrogen, generally speaking. But it's not all about the, the growth that we get in the immediate aftermath of that application. It's the actual response to the nitrogen application that we've uh, applied. And that's over a period of time. It doesn't mean that we need growth rates to be at 12 or 15 kgs the day we spread Uh, so at the moment we're probably looking at anywhere between 5 and 10 kgs of growth coming back according to some of the most limited amount of data to be fair coming back through pasture base at the moment and I suppose we want it'll be really next week before we'll see what's the, the current growth rate really because a lot of the data going into pasture base currently is uh, first cover of the year situation being done. So you're getting over winter growth figure, really. Um, And that's coming back at around 5 kgs. So over the next month, as we're moving into the month of February, we're going to easily average 10 kgs of growth there per day, probably, and moving up into the 15s and 20s as we move out into March. So given that, we will achieve that 12 to 15 kgs dry matter per hectare response as opposed to growth rate. That we need to get from nitrogen so the the point being is that like given the price of nitrogen there is a fear uh, among some people to spread the product at all um, in the early stages of the year given that they feel people feel it might be a waste however we have good reason to suggest that people should be looking to spread in the appropriate conditions which we'll talk about briefly in a minute um, because there is a response from it and the reason that we can be confident in that is that we've done some experiments here in Moorpark over the last two years, uh, and we've looked at different rates. So this is a kg's per hectare. It's important to to clarify here, as opposed to so that's um, 24 units basically, or, or 48 units over the course of two applications. And if we just concentrate on the top section of the table, there's obviously a nice bit of data on that. So we have two scenarios created here and in, in and as i said it's done over two years so it's not there there shouldn't be a great year effect in it and it could be repeated again obviously for to to get further data behind it so the nitrogen is applied on the third of february and so we're very close to that date obviously and it's maybe considered early by some people might be considered late by others uh, but in reality i suppose we are looking at a situation more than it's more than very more likely that when derogation is agreed uh, at European level in the next couple of months, that chemical fertiliser nitrogen will also come under the 1st of February deadline, basically uh, similar to what was, is there for the slurry in the 20-week storage period area and will be de- actually delayed the further north you go in, in, those, uh, in line with the, the storage period areas as well. So there's a slight delay and that's driven by kind of soil type and temperatures, etc., uh, and, and I suppose in one sense, it's kind of logical, I suppose, that you're in order to get the response, maybe um, you, need, you need to be going into the growth phase, basically. So so I suppose the key thing here is that there's three breaks done here. So there was no nitrogen applied to some of the area, um, 15 kgs per hectare applied and 10 kgs per hectare applied. And then subsequently then on the 16th March, so just before Patrick's Day, the, there was another application applied. And in that scenario, all of the 30 kgs that we were uh, after not using basically in February was applied in March. And then we gave the balance of the split basically um, on the 16th March. So where we would given 15, we gave a further 15. And where there was 10 put out, there was a further 20 put out. And I suppose the key thing to take from this really, uh, and the answer to a lot of people's question in terms of is it worthwhile applying early nitrogen, is that yes, quite definitely there is. And uh, we can see here that there's a 14 kgs per kg of nitrogen applied response from that 15 kgs. um, Where I suppose the key thing from this slide that I want people to take is from both here, the 30 and the 60, where we don't apply any nitrogen at all in the month of February. And we feel that we're going to get a better response to that application of nitrogen by delaying that application out into March or maybe late February, early March or whatever it isn't actually happening. So when the 30 kgs was applied, you can see that if we average those two figures, they're probably somewhere in the region of 15 to 16 kgs of growth. However, you can see that we're getting a 14 kg response here, and then we're getting a 30 kg response to this application here. So overall, a little bit of early nitrogen in the month of February where the ground conditions, et cetera, are appropriate, uh, followed by further nitrogen in March, is driving a greater level of grass production on the farm. And that's your key objective as farmers, as dairy farmers or as cattle farmers or whatever uh, operation you're running, is that you want grass on the farm because, as you well know, it's the cheapest source of feed you can get on the farm and uh, you want to try and drive that as much as possible within reason, Uh, obviously given the the constraints of growth in the springtime. So I suppose the key thing to take from today is that, uh, an early application, a, low, a relatively low level application of nitrogen. So like, again, this is, um, this is tying in, I suppose, with what we're talking about in terms of the response rate. Now um, we'll be talking about a half bag and I'll show you the plan in a second. So um, that half bag is going to give you a, a, an adequate response, even though it's slightly higher than the 15 here. Um, and then again, we will say we'll be coming on with slightly more, maybe, in due course another point that i should make here is that um in relation to this study here there, there was continuation of the, the there was a follow-on piece we'll say to where my mouse is moving there hopefully you can see it on the right hand side of the table which was a further um in cut of info of, of defoliation with they saw further information in terms of the carryover effect of the nitrogen here and i suppose people may be saying quite was there an impact subsequently out into April with this? And there wasn't. we we were seeing that that early application of nitrogen in February is actually carrying through here, whereas that later application is just not, it's not giving the return for the same application rate, basically. So the the optimum application rate is here uh, somewhere in the middle. So with the early split uh, and then coming on again, subsequently. So just to come on to the actual plan then, um, uh, just there's two questions coming in there. So Brendan Healy's just asking: Is there in the, in the two scenarios was there any slurry applied before chemical nitrogen was applied? So no, Brendan, there was no slurry applied in that. It was a completely closed study in terms of trying to get the response rate to the to the, to the fertilizer. So it's a valid point at the same time in that the slurry could be used to um, to substitute for the, the the chemical fertilizer in that situation. But I suppose it was just to actually drive the the um this the, the information in relation to fertilize, chemical fertilizers specifically for this study. So yeah, your point is valid in that if there was chemical or slurry used there, it can do the same thing, um, but it's not chemical down on top of slurries. So just to be clear, we're not doubling up on nitrogen or getting any bonus from any slurry in the background on any one of the of the trials. Okay. And then there's another question. So some farms have a high average farm cover of a thousand and above. Um Asking whether it should be wise to go with nitrogen right now, given the conditions on heavy covers, say 1500. Um, In reality, I suppose there's probably scope to probably, if you're not going to be grazing some of that ground um, very soon, it probably does need to get some bit of nitrogen. I suppose the importance of the nitrogen there is in terms of recovery post grazing. So we are going to get continued growth, as I said, maybe 10 kgs average over the month of February or thereabouts that will give you another 280 on top of that cover of potentially um, uh, bringing you up to 15 1,800 kind of scenario. And the lag phase that will be associated with that then could be a, a little bit longer than you'd like if it gone into a heavy cover. So I think it's it's all about, um, it's very hard to give blanket advice here, obviously. And the other challenge with the higher covers on farms then is finding locations for slurry. So this plan, I'll just go through it. Uh, try and try and make it clear to you is I suppose how to how we were trying to get the the message across in relation to the use of chemical fertilizer and slurry during the course of the year or the course of the spring sorry so this is for kind of dry soil and I suppose in reality um, you'll see the second table is is for heavy soil and the only difference really is that we're going with maybe slightly later applications and uh, obviously as a result of going later spreading less um, but I suppose the point can be made that, given the fantastic January that we've actually had so far, some of the heavy soil farms that we deal with have already slowly gone out in underground because the, the ground trafficability has been suitable for them, and that is uh, obviously good um, planning or good, good taking advantage of the conditions. And there is no risk associated with that really of any of any major level. Again, re- reiterating the importance of adhering to the buffer zones for for that situation. So we just focus on this and this farm area here is talking about the entire farm. So there's slurry going to uh, silage ground or suggested that it could go to silage ground at this stage as well. So 2000 gallons to the acre going out in the month of January or February, applying your kind of 16, maybe up to 20 units if you were going slightly heavier, maybe if you're tight on space for to spread slurry. Then subsequently, you won't be applying any fertiliser onto that ground during the month of um, February. You'll be planning to probably graze that maybe the latter half of February if you've gotten slurry, or come into it maybe the latter half of February if you've gotten slurry out in that early on, because you'll have a good window between the application date and the time of grazing. And then I, you're going to be following on then with nitrogen on that in March, obviously, to keep start, really push on growth, I suppose, as we move into the start of the second rotation. So 40% of the farm is falling into that category. And then the balance is obviously split between two 15s and a 30. So the 15% of this area here, we're going to graze that first. It's not going to get any fertilizer coming back to Grania's question, I suppose, in relation to th- these are probably going to be lower covers that we're going to start cows grazing on. And the objective then will be to follow that with nitrogen in the farm, lorry slurry on top of that uh, grazed ground after it has been grazed. And again, the March application is kind of similar for most of the, the scenarios. We're going to be coming in in mid-March probably with a blanket application on the area that we're talking here. So 40, 15 is um, 55 and another 30 percent here, maybe up to 85 percent of the ground getting 40 units at that stage. And that's um, so that's that situation. So then we have another 15 percent of the farm that's going to be grazed a little bit later, maybe or a little bit um. Uh, a little bit uh, so yeah it's fallen into the situation where we we want we won't be grazing it straight away but we are we will be grazing it fairly close to the to the start of february or in that period so we'll apply nitrogen to that because we don't want to dirty it from the point of view of slurry um, and we also want to start beginning to move growth on so that's kind of covers of over 500 up to 1000 definitely and as we graze it which we'll be trying to get through area as much as possible uh, in the month of February, and as, as Grania has alluded to, their high covers on farms will be trying to, uh, would be kind of pushing us towards grazing more of it as quickly as possible in the month of February in order to get ahead. Um, and then that, again, similar to the previous area here, which we're holding off of because of the cover that's on it, uh, we're going we're going to come in on top of this then once it's grazed with a further 2,500 gallons. So you can see there that that's going to give you kind of 46 units of nitrogen applied the difference in this one here is obviously because we have the nitrogen applied here and we're applying the slurry here we're now only coming back in with a half bag of urea on top of that in the march application when we come to to it so that you'll see that that those level of um there's it's not an exact science in terms of the balance of the nutrients but there isn't a huge quantity of nitrogen going on to that if we were to come back in here with 46 units of nitrogen here we're obviously taking that up to nearly 90 units an acre and that's before the the 1st of april which is a bit in the heavy side in terms of getting maximum use for it and then the final uh, area which is probably something like what you've been talking about there Grania, in terms of the heavy covers not going to be able to apply storage to it, no matter what method of application you're using, whether you're using low emissions or not. Uh, 23 units of of nitrogen going on to that in the early February period. Um, And then following on with that 40 unit application in March potentially then as well. Now this is probably, there may be scope for to save a few units here as well, but not a lot. So 35 to 40 units is probably going to be the uh, overall kind of figure. And this is probably, uh, this is an important plan for people because obviously we're now going to be working with a lower chemical nitrogen allowance as well. So we have to start saving nitrogen from the start of the year. Um, but the important thing to take from the presentation today is that it's, um, while we want to save nitrogen, we still need to spread nitrogen in order to uh, get growth going. So there's a couple of questions in there. So what level of growth was recorded in the zero chemical in applications Um as in utilizing nitrogen in the ground, so if we go back to that, there the, the there isn't a figure here because we're actually looking at the response in that in that situation, Pauline. But there would have been an, a certain level of growth there, and um, I actually can't say off the top of my head as to what it was. But basically, the response here that we're talking about is over and above the zero response. So we we do have plots, we do have squares within plots uh, on the experimental farms here where we're looking at when there's no nitrogen applied at all, what's the, the background growing? And Lawrence and Brendan would often say that your lawn can grow seven to eight tonne of grass uh, with no, no nitrogen application. So that nitrogen is obviously given us that further six, seven, eight, nine tonne, uh, depending on your grazing management uh, on the rest of the farm. And then the ground in the study index 3, ideal for Lion, P and K. So at farm level, we could see a big variation in terms of growth and responses from field to field and farm to farm. An excellent point, Pauline, in relation to that. Um, So yeah, obviously from the point of view of Running experimental work here, we have to make sure that the the pitch is, is even in terms of comparing different plots with one another. So yeah, indexes would be one hundred percent correct and um, on those areas for in that trial and lime, ID, of course, would be uh, adequate as well, or it would be if it's not adequate, it would be brought up to to speed if it wasn't adequate going into the trial. So it is a key a key point in terms of where you're choosing to apply your ni- nitrogen, um, and you'll see it. There's a document released there yesterday or launched yesterday by the minister uh, in conjunction with ourselves in terms of getting best value for fertilizer applied and it does emphasize that it's important that your overall soil fertility is important um, in relation to getting a response to that. So there's a final question there then, have there been any financial modeling done on following this plan versus where fertilizer prices are currently at viability of cost? So yeah, look, it still makes sense no matter what you if you if you go through the the figures in relation to this, it'll make sense to spread fertilizer because ultimately grass is going to be cheaper than silage and grass is going to be cheaper than concentrate. And if you don't spread nitrogen, you don't grow grass, and that has to be replaced by silage or meal. Silage or meal are dearer, even in with the cost of fertilizer where it is. So economically it makes sense to spread where appropriate. And that's the key thing to take from that. And that's a point that pauline is making there and her question is where we have good soil fertility and there's no reason that if you haven't uh, if you have an issue with lime at the moment that you can't address that because ground conditions are better than i have ever experienced i'd say in this in the month of january and um, so there's no reason that people can't apply lime on uh, a share of ground that needs lime at the moment only caveat there will be that you would definitely need to be using protected urea in that scenario rather than uh, your straight urea if you're going to fertilize it subsequently um, within a three-month window there, which you will be, obviously. So uh, long and short of it, I suppose, is that this is showing that an early application of nitrogen, and again, I suppose the argument will be made that this is more part that we're doing it on. So yes, the, the ground is good, but the premise is still the same, no matter where you're farming. There's an argument even that if we were to go further south down towards Tlan obviously, that the soil temperatures are higher there and we could get greater responses in that, in that area. But then there's obviously variability in land. And again, as Pauline has pointed out, there's variability within farms. And that would, like the prudent thing to do there is to spread some nitrogen on the areas that are appropriate. So trafficability is good and good soil fertility, a sward that's going to be responsive. So all permanent pasture, as many of you will know, uh, doesn't tend to get wake up basically until growth really kicks off. So applying nitrogen onto that is probably going to be a waste. What I would expect that I'm talking to a lot of people that have a lot of ground receded on their farms um, and are trying and that in itself is is going to get a a better response from nitrogen that is applied. So conditions, right. So right, right product. I suppose uh, urea, as I said, from the point of view that it's negatively charged and will bind to the soil. Right rate. We don't want to go too heavy, but we need to put out enough. So the half bag probably from early to, to mid-February for depending on your location and then coming on again with either your slurry as I showed in that plan um, or slurry and a small bit of nitrogen going out into March and then or our more, March, our more um, urea in March then depending on what way your grazing plan is working around. Uh, and obviously if the, the weather scenario then as well is, is poor so our soil temperatures are quite good. LEDs these figures for the coming week are six degrees and higher. So you'll see from, if you look at the, the kind of the detail behind this plan, uh, it's important that soil temperatures are on the rise. So greater than 5.5 and continuing to rise. Um, so all the conditions are there more or less, I suppose, to, to start growth. And it's key to come back to this, that the response is not the growth rate. The response is the amount of grass that we grow over the over a period of time, as opposed to the actual growth rate at a given stage. So we don't need to wait until we have 12 to 15 kgs of growth to apply the nitrogen to get this. We It's basically saying that if we apply it when there's eight kgs, there's still some of that available when we're getting growth rates of 20 kgs as we move out into, into March. Uh, and it's, crea- it's creating the response that we require to get the economic response to that uh, application of nitrogen. So that's it for today, folks. I suppose it's just a, a kind of timely reminder, and I suppose... Just to emphasize that um, while the price of nitrogen has gone through the roof, skyrocketed in reality, it doesn't mean that we need to, that we shouldn't spread it. Uh, It's important that it is spread. Um, Again, coming back to the question that Pauline asked there, the the point is that it's applied in the right place, um, on the right type of sward, and that the conditions are right to make use of it. So your P, you're right, your K right, and your line status right if um, in particular the lime status because the lime status will help to resolve the p and k issues if you have p and k issues so getting line status correct will uh, generate better overall nitrogen response throughout the course of the year so the earlier you can correct that the better so early nitrogen will grow grass no need to go out with a lot of it uh, a little bit will go a long way so the plan is out there Talk to your advisors in relation to it. uh, Discuss it in terms of the grazing plan and how you're going to to mix mix it in with the grazing plan. But the key thing to take away from today is that that early nitrogen is actually going a small little. A little goes a long way, I suppose, is a a good way of taking it. It's going to mean that there's going to be more grass on the farm in the run into the start of the second rotation. And like many of you will have been in the situation where we've been very tight at the start of the, second round, or start of the second round and in a way that's a good thing because it, uh, generally when we're very tight when we have very tight marches we actually get the best milk proteins during the course of the year because we skin the farm uh, um, but at the same time we don't want to be excessively tight in the month of uh, at the start of the second round so we, what you'd like to see is come Patrick's day you're going to do a walk you're going to see what way you're fixed for grass you might be stretching your grass a little bit more to maybe get, get a little bit longer. It might be going a little bit quicker because broad, it might be good at that stage and we'll be trying to drive on to get the start of the second round uh, a little bit quicker. And that'll be, that. be that's your ideal scenario. If we find that we are having to stretch, we'd be hoping that we'd be able to stretch with just grass and meal maybe at that stage, as opposed to having to introduce silage into the diet at that point, which has been shown in some research work done here recently to really hit uh, protein percentages, obviously, as well compared to feeding it maybe in, in the month of February. But again, uh, coming back to Granny's point, a lot of grass out on farms, temptation may be there not to spread the nitrogen, but I think people need to think through it. Um, Bear in mind that when you take off those covers, the recovery will be potentially slower. So nitrogen is important in terms of aiding that recovery as well. So a small bit of nitrogen uh, where ground conditions allow and where weather is appropriate is going to pay dividends in spite of the cost rise associated with it. So that's it for today and thanks for tuning in and we'll be back again next week. Uh, In the meantime, the best of luck to you all because things are really beginning to kick off down around here anyway. So I imagine that they're beginning to kick off uh, on every farm now. So farm safely and mind yourselves. So thanks to to everyone for tuning in and we wish you well for the week and we see you next week. Thank you. That's all for this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with our usual Dairy Edge interview on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey, and thanks for listening.